Hello, this is Dan Chagru, and welcome to the More Art Than Science podcast, where I explore the relationship between music and commerce by talking to musicians, mostly guitarists, about how they got their start and how they make ends meet. Jakob Rufin, mandolinist, is the subject of this episode of the More Art Than Science podcast. I met Jakob, or as, as his friends call him, Yaki Reuven, just about a year ago at Adam Levin's place in Boston. Jakob is the kind of guy who always seems to be just about to break into a smile. Like many Israelis with whom I've worked in my day job, he has a playful sense of humor, but behind the joking demeanor is a hard worker and a serious professional. Yaki and I shared a car ride with Adam from Boston down to Kingston to attend the University of Rhode Island Guitar Fest. Being in a car with Adam and Yaki for over an hour evoked the kind of carefree vibe I remember from college road trip days. Yaki is today one of the most sought-after virtuosos of the mandolin. He plays everything from Baroque to contemporary music. His playing has brought him a worldwide following and recognition. He's performed as a soloist at the Dresden Music Festival and the Potsdam Music Festival, among others. Yaki is a professor at the Jerusalem Academy of Music and Dance and a director of the Beer Sheva Music Conservatory. We spoke just about three quarters of the way through the University of Rhode Island's Guitar Festival, and though we were both beginning to feel worn down by Adam's relentless scheduling and programming, Yaki was a good sport and gave me 45 minutes of great material. Here it is. Great, so we're coming to you recording live from the U University of Rhode Island Guitar Fest in Kingstown, Rhode Island, and I'm here with Jakob Ruven. Welcome, Jakob. Thank you. Welcome. All right. So um, let's start with the history. At what point did you start playing mandolin? Uh, it was around the age of uh, seven, after one year of playing the recorder, only for oh, no, uh, okay. yeah, no rhythmic issue and reading notes mm -hmm. um, in uh, private lessons. And then at the age of seven, my mother signed me into the classical mandolin program in the Beersheba Conservatory. Okay, and so this is a conservatory that is, uh, the primary instruction is music. Are other subjects taught, math, uh, English? No, it's a conservatory English. in Israel. In, in my country, conservatory is a school that uh, deals with music, of course, mm. and it's an afternoon school. Ah, uh, okay. And you need privately to sign your, your children to learn there. Um, you need to pay a, a monthly fee for this. And, uh, and children can take lessons of playing, but it's the basic only to play. They can go until five or six activities per week. They can learn composition, theory, harmony, and they can play in chamber music, orchestra. So in my case that I was very fascinated about music, I was playing chamber music, go to the orchestra, go to harmony lessons, five days a week afternoon I was in the conservatory. Okay, and so this is after school. So you have regular school, reading, writing, and arithmetic from eight thirty to two thirty or something yeah. like this, and then, and then conservatory for how many hours after school? Uh, the conservatory start to be active at two o'clock, and uh, but you it's working until ten in the night. So you can come one day at eight, one day at five, one day at four, one day directly okay. after school. Depends on your program. And then, so you, Jakob, how many hours a week were you doing as a seven-year-old? So when you are seven years old, you're coming only to the lesson in the start. So okay. it's once a week. But uh, let's say when you become in, 
when you are 15 years old, you are coming three, four times a week. To and, and from seven until what age were you at this conservatory? Until 18. Conservatory is okay. regularly from three, four until 18. Three or four years of age until yeah. you're 18, okay. And when you're 17, 16, 17, 18, how many hours were you doing a week? Uh, I went there for, first of all, I was practicing each day. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, lessons, it was three, four times a day, a week um, for two or three hours. Okay, and that includes chamber music and uh, some music theory. History uh, of, of music. History of music, yeah. great, okay. Two, two rehearsals with the mandolin orchestra, one chamber rehearsal, um, two lessons a week, private lesson on the mandolin. Uh, you're actually, you're a child that most of the time go to the conservatory. Mm -hmm. So now, 8, eight to 2.30, that's public school in Israel, so no pay. Your family did not have to pay for that. No, they need to pay, but the beautiful thing, because it's a, the conservatory are public, but still you need to pay some kind of sum, yeah. because it's a, you, the, the real public school is from 8 to 2, and everybody okay, learning there. So that's free. Public is free from free. 8 to 2, yeah. okay, and then conservatory. Conservatory, it's cost around $100 for a month. Oh. Uh, maybe 150, uh, but I, I don't I don't think in a lot of places in the world, for 100 dollars for a month you can go five times a week mm -hmm. and have a pianist that uh, accompaniment you and orchestra and harmony everything in the same amount of money. I, I think that's probably correct. At least I've never heard of something. It sounds like a very good deal. Um, so from your 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 so your mother was encouraging you to go to conservatory mm -hmm. and you, was there a reason why she's even at that young age she said okay we'll push um, you this or allow you to do this I think there is two reasons first of all she saw that I'm fascinated with music in general and mm -hmm. that I was in love with the sound of the mandolin orchestra in Beersheba but the second one that was much bigger reason it's the mandolin professor named Simcha Natanzon, that he was a immigrant from Russia that teach mandolin and he was very strict I said even tough, tough persona mm -hmm. and as a child I was a little bit problematic, a little bit you know not the most educated uh, regular child Okay. and uh, she put me there to be near him and she, she wished that he will educate me in a, some kind of Russian Israeli way Okay, so so you when you say you were, I want to forget the words you use. Something you weren't typical educated. So what does it mean? And so you I go didn't go every day for school. I didn't make my homework. I was a little okay. bit dyslexic in things. So for me, beside mathematics and physics, that was very easy for me. Yeah, I could not learn anything. Okay, so the math part was easy, but the language you didn't like. Nothing. And, History, yeah. language, really awful, and, awful and, student. And your mom's. Solution to this challenge is he needs a Russian teacher. Someone yes, with more yes, discipline. He, he, and he was one of the. He was very strict teacher. You know, if you are, if I was late in ten seconds, I lost my lesson. Mm. How about like rapping on the knuckles? Did you get any of that? No, 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 no not at least. But you know, uh, you can do non-physical thing to a student that is so afraid of you that uh, um, um, how many you are you are you are afraid from the next lesson like mm. it's going to be the most worst uh, 
traumatic meeting with your teacher, but he knew the limit. I must say, uh-huh. he knew the limit. And also, I was afraid, and I honored him. Um, I appreciate what he gave me for my life because I own, own him my career. Yeah. So, so the the the, the way in which he used fear, as you put it, to motivate you was effective. You're now a successful man list. Um, and at the time, it was a, among the things that motivated you to practice more. Uh, I think or... for me, it motivated me. And I, I really got inside myself to research this way of growing up motivation in students. Because you need to have some kind of love for music to stay at home six hours and practice Paganini. Um, but in my case, it was a combination of love love to music and a little bit afraid from this professor. But in, in, in today, these days, I'm, I'm the professor in Jerusalem Academy and I have students. I have five students for mandolin and I must say, I never used this tactic. Never used never, the fear. Never. Yeah. Even not yeah. once. Even not erasing my voice in front of them. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, it seems like the generally speaking, the trend has been away from using fear, for better or worse. I don't know if it's better or worse, but uh, yeah. in in my case, from my experience, we don't need it. The young generation, they are so curious and they are so dedicated, and they always there, and really they want my knowledge more than I have the time to give it. Mm. And uh, I'm I'm grateful for those students. Yeah, they're really, and I don't need to use this afraid tactics. Or, yeah, good. Uh, so coming back to your family, so your your uh, what what work did your mom and your dad do for work? Um, first of all, both of them was in, they were immigration on in the fifties uh. to Israel. So there yeah. there are some kind of uh, new people in Israel country. Mm-hmm. So that they immigrate when they were very young, you know, my mother was one year old and my father was six years old. Uh, from where? From Iraq. From Iraq. Okay. From Iraq to Israel. As, as, uh, because on the fifth, around 52, Jewish families immigrant from Iraq to Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the start was very hard for them. They were in the tents and all of this story of not, not having a house. And, uh, around the age of 20, 25, I think, because they were well-educated, my father found himself as a, a engineer in the Be'er Sheva University, and my mother became a teacher in a public school. Okay, engineer and a teacher. Okay, okay. So you're doing well in math and physics. You're going to conservatory. You're loving the music. You also have a little bit of fear. At what point did you decide that mandolin would be like maybe a career? Oh wow, it's it's difficult to to know. I think art, art in general, was uh, I had passion for it from the age of ten, mm-hmm. and I I knew that I will be an artist. From the age of ten, all right. I didn't yeah. know if it's I will, I will be a painter, <laughs> or I will be a theater actor, but I I knew that it will be in art, or either I will go to learn philosophy. Um, but at around the age of sixteen. I started to put more emphasis in practicing, uh, going for concerts, um, and the big less the big change was when I nominated. Around age of eighteen, all the all the Israel youngs need to go to army, mm-hmm. and uh, and there is a special program for musician and sportive 
that uh, the army release you from duties and you are still a soldier for three years but you are dealing with your music ah. and it's because sport and music have the same kind of physical elements that if you don't pre- prepare yourself physically to your career so you are losing years yes you mm. cannot say it about the economic guy or what because you physically need your body in the age of 13 the age of 45 and uh, so there is a program that uh, recognize this issue of physical and and the time issue in music and sports and each year uh, between 10 to 20 musicians and sports sports athletes athletes um, have the, the this kind of competition and they have the permission to do army service as a musician and this is called the program for excellent musicians in the Israeli army so in these three years I started to learn in the academy okay. so I have, I have several questions hold on so so how many uh, musicians are allowed into the Army for Musicians program? Each each year, ten. Ten musicians. From all over the country. And it's a competition to become one of those ten? Yes. Okay, and you, for three years, you won that competition? Uh, you need to do it only uh, once, and when you won it, for three years, you are in this uh, uh, okay. stat- status. And, and, and if you get it for three years, then essentially, the, the active duty party, a part of the Army is... Over with because now you're 21 and you don't have to anyway. Yeah, you are you are in, you are in the army and you have an yeah. army uniform and you go to work in the army in an office for one two hours a day. Oh. But all the other time is free for studying the academy, practice your instrument. Oh, okay. So when you go into Jerusalem Academy, for example, and you see some guy with green, green uniform mm-hmm. that look like a soldier, this is called an excellent musician in the army. They have a special color uniform for the musicians in the army. No, they look like soldier. They have the same, the green <laughs> one. The IDF. So why, t- so why does it matter if it's green? Be- because it's... Uh, no, it's green, because it's green. And it's so very strange to see a soldier with this green uniform. It's in the middle of university. You know, you go... Oh, to, oh I see. The, ar- go, the army guy is in the university. Yeah, and, yeah. And but if you see a soldier, it's in this program. And I see. It's very strange. And, okay. and for me, it was really a big complex that I'm in the army, but I'm a regular student. Because everybody in the academy is more than 22 years old uh, because they did they serve in the army mm-hmm. and because you are signed up with this uniform everybody you know you want the status so there is expectation that you will be uh, so there's pressure some pressure yes. to be there's a lot good. a lot of pressure okay um, so the point but, of yeah. age of 18 I'm nominated for an excellent musician in the army and I start my study in the Jerusalem Academy as a student for first degree and around the age of 19, they created this crazy competition named the Concerto Competition that all the instruments in the academy um, participate and only one instrument, the twinning, have the honor to play as a soloist with the academy orchestra. Okay. And I won the first prize and I, I was totally shocked that they chose mandolin and me. Uh, and I think this was really a... How do you say it? A, a changing point. I mm. knew that I would do it all over my life. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations on that win. That's phenomenal. Um, so you're at Jerusalem University in Israel. Is the what? What's the tuition look like? Uh, when you sign up uh, to academy in Israel, it's four years for for bachelor degree mm-hmm. and for the first degree, and you need to pay around. Three thousand dollars per year. Per so, year, okay. So three thousand per year, 
And did you have to take on loans to do that, or is this from in your family? Uh, you know, these days for my my family, this was a huge amount of money. Yeah, a huge. This and buying my first mandolin, it was like break the bank. Yes, break the bank. It's really, really a lot of money are, for my parents. Are mandolins roughly analogous to guitars in terms of cost? Like you can pay three hundred for a beginning one and seven k for a professional one. Yeah, yeah, that's quite the same. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I remember my father. Sitting in a, in a meeting with my luthier Ari Kerman, and it was before we bought the first mandolin. I was 16 years old, and my father gave him three checks. He didn't pay once; he paid in three different payments. Mm. And he asked the luthier, "You think I'm doing it? I'm buying with my three salaries this mandolin. You think that my son will have money to go to buy milk, uh, cheese, and bread when he will be grown up?" Mm -hmm. And uh, Ari Kerman that knew me already. That was here. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he already can have some kind of guessing about my talent in music. He told my father, it will be more than this. It will be apartment and whatever you want. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I think that might, this is a potential name for the podcast, Milk, Cheese and Bread. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, Music, Milk, Cheese and Bread. But you need to imagine that a generation of people that immigrants from Iraq and was hard worker in a regular day job sitting there in the middle of Tel Aviv and need to eat three to give food for three children in Beersheba mm -hmm. and in this moment you need to give three salaries for the next three months for buying a mandolin or you when you say three salaries you mean three months worth of pay yeah yeah that's a, okay so that's a significant sacrifice yeah that your family is making for you that's uh, amazing. So, um, so when you got out, so you get a bachelor's of music, bachelor's of yeah. It was easier for me about the tuition in the academy because there is an agreement between universities in in uh, Israel, and my father was working in Beersheba University, and I was in Jerusalem University, and 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 this gave us fifty percent discount nice. of all of the tuition, and I must say, all over my studies, my parents paid. This part, great. They paid it. Yeah. Um, amazing. So, so you graduate with a it's a bachelor's of music. Bachelor? Yeah, okay. yeah, in, in performance. performance. In performance. Okay. And then, did you go for a master's in something, or then is it right onto career? Uh, I start making recitals immediately, uh, concert with orchestra. Already at the age of twenty-two, I, I had almost uh, 20 maybe 25 solo concerts per year and, and these are all around Israel or um, around the world or? Um, uh, most of them in Israel in this age and, uh, and so a recital is I mean tell me about the market in Israel for music like how many people are coming to a recital of uh, it depends on the of which kind of recital but roughly. it can be a small recital in front of 100 people, and it's be a big recital in front of 800 people. Okay, and the the halls that you're playing are if they're seating 100, it's packed. 100 people are coming, and is it? Be, are you drawing you because if you you have a name already? You've uh, won, you've this won this competition. You're very good. It's there's there's many musicians that are drawing people to play. In other words, I'm trying to get a sense. The the market for classical music in Israel is 
stronger, the same as it is here in the U.S.? I think in Israel specifically in the last 10 years it went down okay. in numbers um, because of an, a g general change in the world of music. But it's go more more deeply in Israel, I think, because Israel is located in the middle of in the middle of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So, in uh, the taste of people and and uh, the grow of pop music and electronic music, uh, ate some part of the public that go for classical concerts. So okay, and only in the last ten years. I I think I think I, okay. I see it in the last ten years. Um, I don't but see it in Europe. By the way, in Europe, it's always, uh, always sold up. You don't have a place. I, I must, must positive for the market of classical music in Europe. When you say you don't have a place, you mean the seats are all filled. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you full play house. Full house. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, okay, so anyway, right out of school, you're playing twenty to twenty-five recitals a year. And how how are you paid? Is it by like, ticket uh, stubs or what? I. I no, I never had this kind of deals. I never had this that I'm getting fifty percent of all the revenue of yeah, the, yeah. it was always by the orchestra that I played as a soloist. So the when you, a Baroque orchestra invites you to play a Vivaldi concerto, you get paid, you have an agreement with the orchestra. And if it was a recital it was in places that already have people that are coming regularly. Even mm -hmm. if, if it's at home. So they have a set fee, in other yeah, words. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and you know before that you will get paid for the concert. Yeah, okay. And did, did you have an agent who arranged these recitals or were you doing it yourself, contacting the orchestras? Or they're just contacting you because you are, have a name? Uh, I, I, in, in the first 10 years, it was all uh, me. I didn't have any help. Uh, and then after 10 years, I, have, I had some kind of problem in, in my hands with... Uh, uh, Tendinitis or tennis elbow, yeah. and uh, and I needed to. Uh, the doctor said that nothing happened, but I need to have some kind of relax with playing for one year, hmm. so I can play. But it needs to be for one year a little bit slower. But, yeah. So, and this year I, I thought what I need to do. So and I, I got a little bit afraid about the future. So I, I learned a second degree in managing culture institution or yes. management in management in the, in the business of culture mm. um, and this uh, is in your, your early 30s now yes okay. yes and uh, I must say it was one of the most interesting thing to do because cool. uh, all my mathematic background come to a life and uh, I knew that beside playing in this year I want to learn something new so it was this and playback theater improvisation theater mm that I did and it was a fun year that I'm learning new stuff and it's led me for a few activities in the future that uh, for example I got nominated as a artist director of a big festival in Israel and I got my position as a musical director of conservatory later on and and then my my current position as the, the teacher the professor for mandolin in Jerusalem Academy of Music um, so hold on, before we get there, when you're, you're just out of school, you're playing the recitals, what's the range that uh, a, a solo um, instrumentalist in a, con in a orchestra, um, how much money are they getting per recital? Give me, like, just in a range. Uh, let, when you are just done with the university? And yeah, you are, you are, just coming out, yeah. 
I think those days it was around $200, $300 and could be the top $1,000. Okay. So even at, at that time, I don't, I don't know about the cost of living in Israel, but I imagine you had to do some other work besides play recitals, yeah? Or, or did you teach on the side? Or at, no, at that time, that was enough to get by? It was really enough. Okay, so you had really the, the milk, for cheese, the, and bread, and the apartment? Yeah, yeah, for this age, it was quite enough. I, okay, I, I, yeah. If, if we want to speak really on numbers, so uh, as, as a, I, I got this position in Jerusalem Music Center to be the artist director of a music festival. So but this, this was the, the 10 years later? Yes, or, 10 years later. Yeah. And this is with concerts was enough to buy my first apartment, for example. Okay, yeah. But I think the, the situation of, of is different in Israel. Yes, it's not the, the mm -hmm. same. Especially those days, yes, we are speaking about 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's easier now. I think now it's, uh, things are more complicated for the young generation. Because of the cost of real estate? Or? I think the real estate in Israel went high, so it's really yeah. crazy. It's yeah. a bubble. It's, yeah. You cannot buy one room apartment in Tel Aviv. Yeah, okay. So it sounds similar to many parts of the U.S. anyway. Um, and so, so that, okay, it's, how about the change in, um, fees between like a, someone first year out to like a professional today, um, an instrumentalist today can command what type of fees, uh, as a soloist in an orchestra? As a soloist today in, I think, if I, in my position, uh, someone that's performing internationally with orchestra and moving in between countries, could be could be uh, get after flights uh, commendation like the hotel after driving you from the uh, airport to the hotel and after <laughs> food and everything you will stay in between one thousand euro to five thousand euro for a concert. Okay, yeah, plus incidentals. Okay, so um, and and today, so you mentioned, so you have the. So now we'll go back to what you were just talking about. So the culture, you've got the degree and running cultural institutions and you're in charge of a festival of some Yeah, sorts. these days, uh, these days I, I have two positions that are actually in the same places that I grew up oh. or educated. The conservatory in Beersheba, I'm directing it musically, pedagogically. I'm the director of the conservatory, the places that I met this professor. This is the place where you took lessons yeah. all those years. Yeah, nice. as a child. Yeah. So I'm actually the manager of the people that were my professors ah. when I was a child. Are some of the professors still there? Yeah. Ah. So, for example, an amazing teacher for harmony that was teacher when I was a child there, she's still not the teacher for harmony. That's cool. And uh, this is a, uh, some kind of circle that yes. I'm always very emotional about. And I was a student in Jerusalem Academy for the bachelor degree, and today I'm teaching the mandolin class there. I'm the professor for mandolin. Nice. And uh, it's uh, a lot of work, and my students always ask me, how do you do it? Always, they think it's like a magic. How do you do 100 concerts for a year? And Is that what you're doing, 100 a year? Uh, 100 a year now, wow. Yes. yes. And teaching and running the, the, the conservatory. Yes. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, and, and I, 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 had a, I had conversation with students ask me directly, how do you do it? And I tell them, you are working day and night. Yeah, working with all the time. Yeah. yeah. 
So coming back to, so, so you're performing 100 gigs a year. Do you also record? Fairly? How many do you make uh, CDs? I'm trying, I, I, I'm trying to, do, to record one CD per year. I'm trying to do it. I must say I'm not so successful in this. Uh, I, I did, uh, uh, now my last CD was with my mandolin quartet. It was for the label of the Israel Institute of Music. Uh, and it took me two years to do it, and the Mozart CD of Mozart Quartet on mandolin. Uh, it's you quartets, yeah? Quartets. Yeah. It, it is, that's each two years you, you can see that I, I'm launching a CD. Okay. And where, you're selling the CDs through which medium? Uh, CD Baby, is that existing for you in Israel? Or? Yeah. Uh, what, a few of them, the first one that I did alone privately, our own CD Baby. After this, when you start to be Naxos and uh, the oh, Israeli okay. Institute, so yeah. these cities are not in my hands. Yes, they are. Yeah, I don't even have the rights for right. those cities. Gotcha. But there are some kind of a, let's say a card of identity that yeah uh, that you do. There's some prestige that comes from being on Naxos. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the income that comes from selling CDs compared to, let's say, the income that you're getting from performing, it's like... It's, one, not, it's really nothing. It's, less than a one-tenth? Even if you calculate the CDs that you, the artists sell in concerts, you will have around $1,000 per year, not more. Okay. And then how about on Spotify and I, Apple? It's very little. And, and I have a lot of, you know, I have a channel with one million in YouTube, one million listeners uh, for some tracks. Yes, if you look on it. And I, so you have uh, YouTube videos that have more than one million views. Uh, all together, if you look, you see that there is one million. Few of them are 80,000, few of them 120,000. Okay. And uh, and so so people are listening to my music. And, uh, and I see that people are buying this music. Uh, but the... If you try to calculate the money that it's going from this path, do you know how much you get per per listen on Spotify, for no, example? I I don't know. Do, do you get a check from Spotify monthly or mm, weekly? It's or? going through the labels or through CD Baby. So uh, I get some kind of a, like an aggregate. Yeah, yeah. So I, they like, give cal calculation list, and you can see that it's few cents from this, few cents from this, and okay. Um, what about the YouTube views? Do you monetize that? Are there showing no, ads? No, no. We are trying to do it now, but I don't believe in it. I think YouTube needs to be like live things free for people to know what you are doing and enjoying it. Um, I'm not... So YouTube is a promotional medium for you? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so so it, going if we go wrapping up here, if we go look forward five, ten years, I mean, physically at some point... Well, actually, we saw at this URI Fest, some people are well into their golden years still playing mandolin, which is beautiful and uh, inspiring. But what if, you know, you had a problem with tendonitis, something breaks down. If you cannot perform, are there, what, what do you fall back on as it? So I think because it was quite successful until this point, so I had my, I had enough time to make concert and in a smart way to put uh, uh, a real estate that will serve my future mm -hmm. yes, to buy and this is one thing that uh, that will be helpful in the future 
So uh, you, you've invested in real estate other than the, ho the home that you live in? Yes. Okay, yes, great. Yes. And, uh, but, you know, when you ask me, when you raised the subject of the interview about uh, incomes or economic mm -hmm. of... of uh, you need to know there is a, a big word bes beside what people think. Because you ask about, you did this uh, degree, you go for concert, this is the benefit from CD, how can you live from... It's not working like this. Okay. The, yeah. the artists have expenses mm. that uh, there are expense virtual expenses like PR and agent and the list of expenses that nobody even count them yeah oh so, I, well I want to count them so because ahead, yeah. uh, because today I, I'm today for my career keep going there are almost five people that are working for me okay so PR and PR and agency and secretary for and the manager for communication and few companies that are doing social media and 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 this thing can cost between two thousand dollars for a month until ten thousand for a month per for having person? this per no 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 for, for having total five for total all system. five is between two and each ten k yeah okay that so so, so your PR person might be five hundred to a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars a month. All or, this, all this stuff, all, all, all this, all this package of five people working for you in this area could be ten thousand dollars for a month. And if you calculate our conversation about concerts, so in successful concert that you did one hundred concerts, and in general it was after taxes, after expenses, it was two thousand dollars. So now make the mathematic. You, after all the expenses, you have $55 for a year. $55,000 for a year. Oh, okay. For a year. That it's, let's say, you cannot live so easily mm -hmm. from this. So, musicians all around need to do masterclass. That's what I'm doing. Need to have some kind of uh, artist director position. Mm -hmm. um, need to pack a unique package for for countries for example if i'm coming i'm not doing only one concert i'm doing master class i'm doing private lesson i'm doing some kind of lecture i teach in the university doing concert with a chamber orchestra and concert with symphonic orchestra and then in in this package you try to take uh, or to aim the maximum from a lot of activities yep. that you are doing yep. and uh, uh, in the last year, I'm publishing 10 Caprice that I wrote for mandolin. Mm. So this is, will be another income, the printing this composing, Caprice. Yeah. Um, so composing, directing, uh, musically, if festival. I can, if I can interrupt for a second. So coming back to the, 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 the five people who are helping you with your performing career, if you were to advise one of your students today who you know is showing promise and is performing... Uh, close to 100 gigs a year and they have uh, uh, let's say a thousand dollars per month to spread amongst those five in other words PR uh, an agent uh, social media some type of secretary and I don't know maybe it's two social media I don't know what the fifth one was but how would you what's the best way to allocate this one thousand yeah. dollars for monthly yeah. wow um, I would invest it in PR <laughs> because was, you know Bill, Bill Gates the one, one of the richest men in the world said if I had one dollar to spend I would spend it on PR on PR yes yeah. be, because what become 
you listened to the concert last night, mm-hmm. and you know that the product that I'm speaking about is a reality product. It's yeah. not imagination. Mm-hmm. But it's, you can easily today become a famous artist, known all over, without knowing to play one note. <laughs> it yeah. can happen. They did it in London with a restaurant. They invite and rest, invent a restaurant. Oh. It was not exist. They did PR like crazy. People was calling, but the, it was already already always booked. Nobody could go there, <laughs> and it's become one of the most interesting uh, restaurant, three restaurant in London. But it's not exist. <laughs> Which one is? I have not heard that story. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. There it? is some. I don't remember the name, okay. but yeah. it's very famous about like yeah. a concept restaurant, and 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 it's so it's amazing because they either had a criti- criticize article about the place and this is you know this, this how can you criticize something that it's not exist so in this when i when i recommended pr as the first thing to invest it's need to be pr with something very very professional strong that you are selling mm-hmm. uh, when i sit in front of my amazing communication manager mina that do all, everything for me uh, from Berlin and, and, and she's she's really coming to concert invest time and I sit near her and I need to be sure that when I'm selling selling something I'm 100% in the quality because I'm sending her to go to orchestra and said oh look take Jacob to concert to play this concerto but if I will not deliver when the concert is come so she will she will stop doing her work so how many PR she can do to it from someone that not really know how to play? Is is Mina your PR person or your? Or? For now, uh, Mina is doing PR and pers- and uh, 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 communication managing. Okay. These two positions. Those two. Okay. So, and it, let's let's fix on Mina for a minute. So, how many artists does Mina represent besides you? I think she represents uh, in other aspects of culture like. Uh, she was working with an Israeli guy in the States when she was learning here her second degree. And she did the PR for a, a company from the dancing, mm-hmm. like an art of dance. And she did the PR for industrial company. Is she working for herself? No, she's working for her agency. She, is a, a, she has an own okay. agency and she's working... Uh, now in a regular place, doing PR or communication managing for some large company. Which company? I don't know, and it's really her thing, you know. So I never <laughs> ask. But uh, so so okay. So she's representing five people, roughly, including you. Five and now artists, I think now only this company and me. But before she had experience with a few. few. So how, how, she's good, obviously. You like her. She's doing good for you. She is the biggest bless for my career, really. Okay. Yeah. So how did you find her? Oh, why? This is a strange story. We had a common friend that is a composer. And he saw that I finished my contract with my PR management in Israel. And I told him that I want to find someone out of, out of Israel, go internationally. And he recommended Mina. Okay. So word of mouth recommends Mina. Yeah. And she's been. how long has she been doing PR for you? Uh, one year. One year, okay, yeah. and doing it well. And what's the difference between communications and PR? If what is the difference? Yeah, a communication manager is the person that communicate the place that you are going to play in, making the contract, uh, okay. um, 
and it's not a booking agent. Yes, it is another thing. Right, the agent but, uh, finds the gig, and then the communication person is dealing yes, with everything after yes, that. Okay. Yes. So that I will not deal deal with the contract. That the only thing that I will do, I will get the list of where is the flight, why I need to, what I need to play, which activity I have. Before I came here to the festival, I have an email named Schedule Boston or Schedule Rhode Island Festival, and it's I have each day what I'm supposed to do, yeah. what what I need to do when I'm there. For example, to take picture. What I need to do about when I do an interview. What Did she tell you to tell me to take a picture and send to you? Yes. It's not a joke, it's serious. The case. <laughs> it's serious. When, okay. when I wrote you, please send me a picture from this, it was because Mina she told, told me, remember to take pictures. Yes. Okay. So she's actually managing others, but she is managing you too. Oh. Wow. Well, answer. thank you, Mina, for your uh, yes. good management. Mina, you are the best. There is nothing like you. Um, what was I going to ask you? So um, oh, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to, <laughs> sorry, uh, what was it, PR, I slipped my mind, um, okay, so let's, let's, you, know, you ask an, an interesting question, oh, what, what yeah. will be in the future, yes, about yes. oh, but, yeah, that's, okay, so the future, but also, um, uh, the, 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 the stuff that we just talked about, the, the five people that you need to make your career work, did you learn about that in undergraduate school, did they tell you, was there like a business class where it was like, okay, now you're going to have to go out and market yourself. Here's how you do it. Uh, I, I got slight idea when I did my master in business, a little bit. Oh, you got a master's uh, in business? In, it's oh, in business okay, of, later, the business yeah. of, of art. Mm. Uh, managing an art institution, this is the, exactly mm. But not, not uh, about everything. Life and, and being into the business, uh, you learn from colleagues, you learn from situations. Uh, if you send me to make negotiation about concert uh, fee, mm. it's wrong. <laughs> In the end, I will play for free. Mm. Uh, because I, I, it's not because I want too much the stage to play, but when someone communicates you and you speak about your music and you like your performance and you want you to come, but you don't have a budget, so you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you send someone else to do it, it's totally another thing. You don't have any attach to this yeah. thing. You need, yeah. you need numbers. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so go into the future. So five, ten years from now, what do you see? Do you see yourself performing less, doing more teaching, more managing institutions? What's... Uh, I think that in, uh, managing institutions will never be my, my main thing because even now I don't manage anything. I'm, uh, mm. I have a, a, a second manager in Beersheba, named Israela Stein, and she is nominated as second manager for organization issue. So she's okay. dealing with everything from finance for the class for the teachers uh, um, and uh, to deal with issue of uh, music and pedagogical. To, to be a professor in Jerusalem Academy, it's one of the most beautiful things I'm doing in my life now. Uh, but it's limited because I cannot teach more than four or five students with this kind of amount of concerts. So if I need to guess 10 years from now, it will be concerts, records that I want to record, um, teaching in the Jerusalem Academy, maybe managing a festival of music. This is going to be, this is in general. Sounds good, yeah. Okay, so last two questions. One. Uh, a musician that you currently enjoy listening to 
and would recommend our listeners also check out. And two, for outro music, what's a track from your catalog that I can play on the podcast for people to hear that you particularly like? Mm -hmm. Wow, I love so many musicians. Uh, so oh, yeah. wow, give so me good. two or three. It's a list of hundreds. Um, uh, who was the last person that you had? What do you? What, what medium do you use to listen to music? iTunes. No, uh, mostly YouTube, uh, YouTube. iTunes. What was the last musician you listened to on YouTube that you liked? The last one. Um, the last one was performance of a Haydn concerto by Jacqueline Dupré. That I love, the cellist. But it's. Okay. Uh, Say the name again, sorry. Jacqueline Dupre. Ja Jacqueline Dupre from Jacqueline where? Dupre. Dupre. Uh, Jacqueline Dupre is uh, the one, the famous cellist that they did the movie on her, you know. Uh, Hilary and Jake. Hilary and Jake, okay. And, um, but if, if I need, wow, you know. No, that's good. So the cellist yeah. from Hilary and Jake, and that's yeah, the movie. Okay. Yeah. So how about a, a piece from your catalog? Um, that is, that is uh, easy to listen. Uh, that you are that you want people to hear as after they hear this interview. Uh, I think um, the Isai uh, obsession from Sonata Number no. One. Okay. That uh, was the common ground to meet Adam Levine, because this is the way he he knew me. He listened to this track, and immediately wrote me. Okay. So, so this is the track that led to the duo between Yaki and Adam. Yeah. Obsession number one. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Thank yeah. you very much, Yaki. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>